0: Retro Hangover is supported via Patreon by listeners like you We would especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns and Ashton Ruby Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated
1: In your ears and crack some beers you are listening to episode 72 of retro hangover <laughs>
0: Hello, retro and classic gamers. Welcome to the podcast where we are bounding beautifully with Buffy bonafide boners because biting, bouncing boobies blemished by pixels. This is episode 72 of the Retro Hangover Podcast. I am your co-host, Chris Copleen, with, as always, your host, Shane. Vampire Dick Dragon Slayer
1: I don't know if I, if I have enough like '90s era sass to carry the rest of this episode. I just want to get that out there, like
0: right now. I, I don't know if I have it in me. I don't. I just think I have 2020 nihilism. I don't.
1: <laughs> that's yeah. That's that's what it's been replaced with. We 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 dealt with the the problems of the world with just a whole lot of flippant sarcasm about 20 years ago. Yeah, actually shit that's 30 years ago now my god uh, 25
0: you can say 25
1: okay fine 25 that makes me feel yeah. marginally it's like better. the middle of the decade but not really <laughs> but now it's just yeah now it's just straight up nihilism so fuck it
0: whatever it doesn't matter anymore
1: nothing nothing really matters
0: fucking nihilist I'm gonna go piss on a rug
1: <laughs> hey hey what that rug held the room together man that's why
0: i need to go piss on it nothing matters fuck your rug
1: well yeah, okay now that we've already gotten incredibly esoteric in the first couple minutes of the episode hi hi chris
0: how, how you doing confused because i don't even know what that word means uh but well other than that uh nah, i do know what that means i think in any case you I'm graduated from college barely with, <laughs> barely what with cum laude I mean. yeah
1: i was gonna say what are you talking about <laughs>
0: But I'm doing all right. It's, um, it's another day in the year. So um, work's frustrating, but I think mm. that could be said for a lot of people. And I, at least I am working, so that is good. Um, can't complain. How about yourself, Shane?
1: You know, pretty much the same. You know, I, I, uh, I never truly understood, like on a personal level, when Blink-182 got out there in like the late nineties, early to to mid two thousands and and said, Work sucks, I know. Mm -hmm. At the time I was like, Yeah, man, yeah, it does. But I didn't understand it.
0: But now, now I do. We're getting we're getting deep. We're getting really (laughs) deep with the work.
1: Yeah. All right. You know what? Fuck the rest of this episode. Let's start talking about let's talk about the the psychology of Blink 182 from a critical perspective.
0: Yes, we need to look at it from the from the from the minds that got you the great, great album cover of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Uh, Let's let's not forget. Let's not forget. (laughs) But in any case, hey, everybody, you might be looking at the title of this episode. You might be thinking to yourself, what the fuck? Why? Why are you doing Buffy Vampire (laughs) Slayer? At least generally, generally speaking, you could say to yourself, straw man, that like we do episodes about games that are well known. They are covered well. And, and the retrosphere and people relatively known about them, or at least they're somewhat good. Um, that is not what's going on today, <laughs> if you, you can tell. You
1: could assume that you you might just assume that, you know, hey, those retro hangover guys, I guess they've already they've the, the wells run dry. They've they've yeah. already run out of good shit to talk about. So we're at hello, this is the bottom of the barrel. Welcome. But they no, are truly hungover. You'd be wrong. You'd be yes. wrong, because we haven't run out yet. But th- there, there's another reason for why we're talking about this today
0: yes and that's because this topic today was our uh, was our patron poll because our patrons are amazing and they have gotten to a tier where they can now suggest a topic for every quarter and that's right now we have we have and when we did our original poll both of them went to the tier at the same time both Ashton and Lyle thank you very much you guys are amazing but I'm about to rip into you Lyle here in a minute so don't hold on to your ass. <laughs> So there's only two of them. So we can't vote. Now we have three. Now we can kind of vote on our topics. They're not all at the same level, but now at least we ha- can have a vote. Um where uh, uh you know we don't well, have to decide I mean, a- Hus- actually
1: actually that's not entirely true. Paul Bullshit. needs to step up his patron game if, if he wants to vote, but that, that's that beside the point. Him. I don't want to put that that's pressure
0: right. on him. We're, we'll no we'll pressure. just edit that one out. But um <laughs> look. We are we are going to have a problem. Well, Paul can't suggest topics anyway. Uh but we are going to have a problem if if we don't get more voters. I'm not trying to tell you to be a patron. All I'm saying is this. If you like to be have us be a victim of the sadism that is Lyle and, and the more relatively balanced uh, idealism of, of Ashton, we'll get to that next quarter. And I think that will be good. But who knows what he's going to do after this episode? Because he might be like, you know what? Fuck y'all, too. I'm going to dial. I'm going to crank this up. But if you want to have a say in this, you know, we do have a Patreon. Go over there and please help us because, oh my God, Lyle, what the fuck, man? This <laughs> this was rough. I don't even think you played this game, Lyle, but we're doing this for you because we love you and we we appreciate the generosity and the support that you are giving towards this podcast and we couldn't thank you enough. But holy shit, listeners out there, but, help but us. But also, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, also, fuck you. Everyone else, help us. Help us stop Lyle. Or, or,
1: you know, decide to go the, the path of the dark side and just join him, and then you too can have a say in what completely obscure bullshit video game you want us to talk about. Like Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the Nintendo Game Boy Color handheld entertainment system.
0: Yes, and we'll get into why this has to be its own episode, and we can't talk about Buffy games in general, because I think no, I know that there is a very specific reason why this one is separated from the other ones. But before mm. we get into that, we yeah. will do what we are want to do because I'm claiming that back um, and talk about the games. I know great that we have been playing since our last recording, what we have been going on. So, Shane, how about you take us away and let us know which what, what's been going on in your life uh what what kind of vidya games are you playing?
1: Ah, uh, yes, the vidya games. Uh, well, so I think I actually can't recall. You can keep me honest on this because it all kind of blurs together. We we just recently did a guest spot on another uh podcast, the the Grand Rapidians Play Video Games podcast, and yep,
0: be sure to check them out.
1: Yeah, and and I feel like I, I mentioned this there, so I don't think I mentioned in our in our last episode. But if I did, I'm just repeating myself. But I, I finished a co-op run of Epic Mickey two, uh, with, with my fiance, we, uh, we had started playing it. God, I don't even know. A couple years ago now. And then we dropped it for a while and we decided, you know what? Fuck it. Let's finish it. So we fired up the old Wii U and, um, and then finally knocked the rest of that game out. Uh, I'm going to be doing a a rapid fire review on that pretty soon actually, but suffice to say it's, um, it's a game that had a lot of potential that got let down by the fact that the development team didn't get enough time to do what they wanted to do, which unfortunately is an all too common story in the game industry, but there you have it. Um, it was mostly enjoyable, but there were some real frustrating stuff that happened in that game, but all in all, not bad. So we knocked that one out and, um, We've got a game of Dokupon Kingdom. Are you familiar with that, Chris?
0: That's a Wii game, right? It is, yes. I've heard of it. It's like uh, uh, Fortune Street.
1: It's like, well, I don't even know what that is, but it's basically like Weeb Mario Mario Party.
0: Party? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I took your obscure game and I countered it with an even more obscure game. (laughs) (laughs) I know I can always (laughs) count on you for that, at least. (laughs) And then you brought it back with a game. People can be like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. There you go. That's that's the dynamic.
1: But yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's we Mario Party, except in my opinion, it's even more vicious. Um, oh. the, the mechanics in the game are just unfair and brutal. And it's like this weird mix of Mario Party and also kind, well, kind of monopoly in that you claim like towns uh, and then generate income from them. But at any rate, uh, we're, we've, we've got a game of that going on amongst the two of us right now. It sounds so. like
0: Mario Party Cross Animal Crossing.
1: Uh, a little bit, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's,
0: it's, a. I don't know. I haven't hybrid. played either of them, to be honest with you. I have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. Yeah,
1: it's, it's a weird kind of hybrid, but the, I think the closest thing is like a Mario party, or if you want to talk about semi-obscure, like board game video games, there's also, um, hundred percent orange juice. It's, it's somewhat similar to that too, but, um, so shout out to like the five people that probably know what the fuck that is, but that's, that's actually most it for me right now um other than taking about an hour ish of my time to suffer through this bullshit that we're going to talk about today (laughs) um i uh i i haven't actually had a whole lot of time to play a whole lot else there's um there's been a lot of like real life stuff going on lately so so that's me uh what about you chris any anything fun and interesting going on
0: uh i'm playing two games right now um the first one is near and I think I'll talk about mm-hmm. that in the next episode because I know I'm going to be playing it through the next episode because I just want to uh, get done with it. And the next game I can't get done with yet because it's an early access on Steam and that's called Dreamscaper, uh, oh, which yes. is a game I backed on Kickstarter. And I have, I think I've told you guys a couple times that I have and encouraged you guys to play it because I don't want to be alone. <laughs> and
1: <laughs> yeah, I played terrible. the demo. I, I enjoyed oh, okay. what I played of it. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. And, and just to kind of quickly surmise it as we do. It's a roguelite. So, so before I played the demo and I only kind of played the first level, just get the basic gameplay mechanics down. And this time I've, I've played it um, a little bit and it's actually for an early access game, really well polished. The music is it's very chill. I wouldn't say it's it's a very energetic kind of soundtrack. And that's that's kind of what I think about with games. The soundtrack does it get me into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's very relaxing. But what I mean by roguelite. OK, I'm all over the place and I know so. Thank you. but um I said something. <laughs> you were thinking it. So <laughs> you, you play the game as a a, a, a girl, woman, Cassidy. Uh, I can't tell. I think well, they talk about work. So a woman named Cassidy and she's in the city and essentially you start out by falling asleep and then you go into a dungeon. And essentially the dungeons are her memories of places where she's grown up. and it's just you go from room to room. Fighting, fighting baddies, collecting treasure, and building yourself up. And then either you die or you complete the 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 floor and you get sent back into the real world. And then in the real world, your job is to build relationships with the people inside that world by giving them items that they are um, in, interested in, by having conversations with them. And the, the better your relationships get with these people, it's not like choice dialogue, so it's not a dating sim, thank God. But the better
1: <laughs> I was just about to ask that. I'm like, so is this yeah. like a, a rogue like slash no like dating sim of some kind?
0: No, uh, it's you know what? Actually, it's a like like Azure Dreams, but um, not with monsters and mm. uh, a little bit more generous. I would say the gameplay is better, but it's been like 25 years, so it, it better be better. But <laughs> uh, like you go to the so you you once you build these relationships, you can have better items before starting a new run. And there's there's benefits and, 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 of course, you know, negatives about it. But the gameplay, I think, is really solid. Uh, it's it's like an action uh, hack and slash. You know, I, I won't say God of War like, but the gameplay, I think, is ha- inspired by those kind of games, uh, much less than it is your typical roguelike, like the, you know, um, Binding of Isaac or Rogue Legacy or even Rogue it's mm-hmm. it's much more inspired by just action games and you'll definitely get that uh there's definitely it has a little bit of challenge there's some gameplay mechanics that people who are uh, fond of will appreciate and it's a nice little game you should check it out again it's an early access so it's not at this final product the demo is free so I would definitely recommend going that again disclaimer I did Kickstarter on uh, I did back it on Kickstarter I think I put like ten dollars into it so I'm not like a huge. You know, raving lunatic over it. But it's definitely something to, I, I, you know, go check out. It's a fun little indie game. And uh, if you like those kind of games, I think you'll appreciate it.
1: Nice. Actually, and real quick, I, f- I forgot um, one other thing I, I knocked out pretty quickly in the last week. I uh, finally got around to playing the HD remaster of Doom 64 on Steam. Oh, yeah. And, um, shit, man, that game's actually good. I, I, I've been giving that game a real bad rap for like the yes, past, like 20 something years or whatever, but it's, um, it's actually really good. So, uh, you know, another rapid fire review on that probably coming at some point. So, you know, if you want to hear those, then check out the Patreon. But, uh, I was
0: pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, all you have to do is just say, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> John Carmack, I am sorry that I ever doubted you
0: for, for dragging it through the mud for as much as you have on this podcast. I've done it with Final Fantasy VII. I've made a complete episode with myself and Tiger talking about the remake, which if you're on one of our Patreons, ha-ha, you can uh-huh. get access to that a month before it gets out to the public. So yeah, see, I apologize when I you know, come back and be like, I, I may have been slightly wrong. So it's okay. Thank you for saying you're sorry, Shane. I'm sure that John Carmack is now not crying himself to sleep, knowing that your seal of approval has been applied to Doom 64.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm sure he sleeps real soundly now, and mm-hmm. you're welcome. But uh, but in any case, I guess as much as I don't want to, I suppose we should get on with talking about the thing that we're here to talk about today.
0: Oh, I want to. I really do want to. <laughs>
1: do Do you, though?
0: Yeah, talk about it. I don't have to fucking play it again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> True, okay. Good point.
0: (laughs) So we are going to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, as we have alluded to early in this episode. Please save us, join our Patreon and stop Lyle from a from a an (laughs) era of tyranny. Stop his reign of terror or or join him. That's up to you. So as we do on our show, we will go into the brief history given to you by Shane
1: It was a dark night in 1992. Millions of people, mostly teenagers, flocked to watch the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer at their local cinemas. Remember when people went to the theater? That was, that was crazy, right? Anyway... The film was more of what one would consider a cult hit, but was popular enough to warrant a TV series of the same name in 1997. Being a syndicated venture, they took the cast of the movie and completely replaced them, even though both were created by the same guy, Joss Whedon. Now, instead of Christy Swanson, you had Sarah Michelle Gellar. The television show was a massive hit, and somewhat of a cultural phenomenon. So what do you do with a piece of traditional media that proves to be popular with the kids? Why you shovel out a low budget video game, of course! THQ you know, the studio that brought you games like Darksiders, Red Faction, and Saints Row, secured the Buffy license and the shoveling began in earnest. Based largely off the fourth season of the show, the game finds Buffy and friends facing off against covens of vampires from around the globe descending upon Sunnyvale, conveniently during the school's multicultural heritage celebration. The Slayer must find out what is attracting all the vamps to the area and what it portends the fate of the world. Released on September 25th of 2000 for the Game Boy Color, Buffy the Vampire Slayer would not be a multi-platform release like so many other movie and TV tie-in titles. No, there would be no polygonal PlayStation or N64 Buffy, nor even an entry for the Dreamcast, apropos as it was with its living-dead status among consoles at the time. As you can probably imagine, the game received absolutely stellar reviews with Game Informer and IGN giving it a solid two out of 10. IGN would call the game awful, 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 and yes, that is a direct quote, commenting on how one of the main draws of the show was the leading lady's sex appeal and how the pixel art representations of her in-game were, and we're paraphrasing here, looked like smashed ass. Nintendo Power was a bit kinder, giving it a respectable 6.5, but to be fair, Nintendo Power pretty much loved anything and everything that was exclusive to a Nintendo console. The game probably sold better than you think, as many uninformed parents and grandparents saw the hip new property for Timmy or Sarah's electronic portable Nintendo and thought, hey, this'll make for a great Easter present. Or something. That holiday's all about the undead, anyway, right? And while you may not ever hear anybody ever talk about it, just remember this was a game and it existed. And that is your brief history of Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
0: I just gotta say, I think we lost all our uh, evangelical audience. It's, uh,
1: it's, <laughs> right, it's, it's gone. all those hardcore right-wing conservative evangelicals that are a part of our target demo. Man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel so bad. I'm sorry if we offended if we offended those people, but uh, we're sticking by our words. Any case, um, yes, yes. So Buffy, the vampire slayer. That's um, right. Yes. Was a game. I, I, you know what? I just realized this is an anniversary episode. This is the 20th anniversary of Buffy the Empire Slayer for the Game Boy Color. So we Wait, are much are you more. Are shitting me? Yeah.
1: Hold on a second. Did I even not notice that? September oh. 25th, 2000. <laughs> 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 oh, God. That's amazing. All we right.
0: Are, yep. We are more faithful to this than we are major consoles. So, hey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, we this this has this is how we need to present this uh, to like social media and everything, too. <laughs> like, 20th
0: celebrating
1: the 20th anniversary of like the, the classic Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the Game Boy Color.
0: <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> we did it! Thank you, Lyle. <laughs> bow, bow, bow.
1: Bow, 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 bow. We did it. Oh, anyway. Oh, man. All right. So normally we would start off our discussion of a game or, or what have you with, uh you know, some of our more personal experiences and anecdotes related to it. But, I mean, let's be real. Neither one of us played this garbage back when it came out. So I I think we could pretty safely sum up both of our experience with uh-huh. it as, uh, I think I jokingly played it once on a stream and then Lyle said, hey, you know, what would be cool if I forced them to do a whole episode on it because I'd done pay them money every month. God damn it. So here we are.
0: Uh, yeah. So I, I think we can't talk about the personal experience of the game. Obviously had more personal experience with this than I did coming into this episode because of the stream we did in the before time (laughs) of 2019
1: the the one time I played it yes
0: yeah for for one of our Sunday streams as we hook it up again plug 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 any case um on twitch yeah like a power
1: strip on this episode good lord uh I mean I could we could talk about our personal experiences with like the source material if we wanted to cover that but I mean
0: so I mean I'm just going to default to you I'm just going to say I don't have any
1: (laughs) great this is going real well. Fantastic. Uh, all right, please write all your strongly worded letters to Patron Lyle at. You no, know, uh, but no, I mean, I. So I, as I usually do, um, as I am perhaps want to do.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, you brought
1: that's it back right. Um, I, I, I didn't actually watch Buffy when it was on the air originally. Um, I watched it later with uh, a couple of friends, and we sort of marathoned it. Uh, over the course of uh, several months, uh, through like the DVD set or or whatever, but uh, all things being equal, the show itself is, is still pretty good. It's really entertaining. The writing is actually pretty solid. I mean, if you're a fan of any of Joss Whedon's work, then you can tell he was behind the wheel on this. So if you like him, then you're going to like this. If you don't like him, then there's a pretty good chance mm-hmm. you probably won't. But the show was good. It was a lot of fun. There was some pretty good humor in it. Um, and so I, I enjoyed it. And we'll get into this in, in actually a few moments. But a lot of that stuff, surprisingly, does actually carry over in into this game, which actually may be one of its few let's go with saving graces.
0: I, I think that you can say a little bit like i'm just going to say a little bit more about the show like you can appreciate Mm -hmm. this kind of show if you like and i didn't i'm not going to say i watched it i think i watched it in passing but it's one of those things like if you liked hercules or xena or the evil Mm -hmm. dead especially army of darkness you're probably going to like something along the lines of buffy the vampire slayer you're going to appreciate it it's that kind of thing it's that kind of cheese Mm -hmm. and it it certainly propelled the career of sarah michelle geller and how she she's Pretty much, I would say, a horror icon for horror fans of that era. I don't think there's any denying it. I think she definitely sealed it. Not, she sealed it with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but she like made it concrete with The Grudge. And I know that's not what we're talking about today, but I'd rather oh, talk God about The it. Grudge. So I'm just going to bring it up. Uh, so
1: <laughs> That's such yeah. a bad adaptation. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that right now.
0: No, but it's better than a lot of the other adaptations that are made. And moving on. Sure. Uh, so I didn't watch the show. I didn't see the movie. I still haven't seen the movie, which had uh, Luke Perry in there, which was a big deal in 1992. And I, I guess that's the most I could say about Buffy the Vampire. Slayer. I knew a lot of people liked it back then. I'm sure a lot of our listeners may have watched it. I just was not one of those people.
1: Yeah, I mean, it. it is. And I think actually your comparison to Army of Darkness is pretty spot on. Like It's that same mix of sort of horror comedy campiness that that you see a lot of in there so I think there's probably in the Venn diagram of like horror fans I think there's a lot of crossover between these two for sure so speaking of that as I kind of alluded to a few moments ago um, we can talk a little bit about sort of the the plot of this game and how that kind of translates over For what it's worth, it's yeah. I mean, listen, it's a it's a real standard. There are vampires, man. They sure are bad. We should kill them all because they done be planning some world ending catastrophe, Mm. and and that's 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 pretty much it. As they do, yeah, and and so that's that's pretty much it.
0: So so what are the funny things about the plot if i remember this correctly because i don't remember yes. much about the plot of this game because it's dumb. Mm-hmm. But it opens up I mean you're up,
1: blocking it out that's and i understand that that's fine.
0: It's it's horrific. But yeah. um it opens up the game and buffy's like there's not a lot of vampires around here. It's very quiet. I don't mm-hmm. know what's going on. Everything's silent. I'm going to go over to the you know the the, the fucking graveyard or wherever, wherever they went to the bar. I think it was the bar. Actually, the bronze, the bronze, whatever the bronze is. Uh, I remember that the bronze, but they go over to the, (laughs) this place called the bronze and on her way, she fights a sea of vampires. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is what? Like, what's a normal day? If this is like repression of vampires or is that like clue her in? I don't think they were really clued in at that point either. Like this, the plot itself is just, it's bad. Okay. Um, (laughs) You have to have an understanding of the show In order to like the plot, because this is like mired in its fourth season from what I from the research that we did. Mm -hmm. It's 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 based around the fourth season, the characters that have been introduced. So you got Angel from Bones, which is the best thing to come from Buffy. The vampire slayer is Bones. And (laughs) I don't think that makes sense, but I'm going with it. And I mean, Angel, the, the spinoff yeah. show, is actually not bad either. Yeah, but yeah. I guess not. But, you know, he, he he did a lot with Bones, and I guess that was a big deal. But my wife loved that show. And that's what it is. It's just like Shane said, you know, like plot, you know, vampires bad. And they're trying to gather a bunch of people into one area so they can sacrifice them all while they open a portal in the underworld. And the uh, un- yes, the, yes, the hell mouth
1: that that exists underneath Sunnyvale. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah and so and 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 so like it, it does the the game does kind of sit squarely in the midst of the later seasons of the show because there are a lot of references to um either things that have already happened in the plot line of the like overall show's story arc um or they talk about places where the characters currently are at like the fact that um like allison hannigan's character uh, Willow is like already in college, I believe, um, Mm -hmm. at the university. So like that sets it at a very specific sort of time in the show. And I I also find it interesting because I guess like, I don't know if anybody, (laughs) maybe we can get a Buffy like plot expert out there somewhere. Like, I don't know if this counts as canon or not in the Buffy verse, because, I mean, it is actually like logically grounded in a certain point in time in the show. So I guess maybe, but you know, kind of dovetailing off of that for what it's worth, I will say that, um, it doesn't translate quite as well because you're just reading all the text, but the writing is not the best thing in the world for the dialogue and the cutscenes, but Uh, It is it is very much Whedon-esque like so I don't know if Joss himself was in like involved in the creation of this game at all. I would not be surprised if he wasn't. But for for what it is worth, they did a pretty good job of sort of mirroring the same kind of sarcastic mid 90s tone that he's kind of really well known for.
0: And, And I think that does need to be said about, you know, this game these cutscenes. i mean more so the dialogue um and we'll get into graphics later oh yes we will but more (laughs) so the dialogue is it's most licensed games take themselves overly serious and Mm -hmm. i don't i didn't get that feeling from this game whatsoever like it was trying to be faithful to the show they really made an effort as you said to stay on brand the Mm -hmm. the dialogue didn't suck like you said it's not the best in the world but it wasn't the worst. It was faithful. It wasn't supposed to be the best in the world because it's a it's based off a of fucking TV show that's popular on the WB or whatever it is, whatever it was back then. You're not going to get the best quality dialogue from a WB show. I'm sorry. And by the way, that goes for your current superhero movies right now. I said it. Super, not movies. Shows. Superhero shows on the WB Still not the best. Stop it. You're ruining it. In any case <laughs> – it's the well, same here. Part
1: of it is just because like it, 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 it's like I said, cause you're, you're reading it. So some of the punchlines don't really hit the same way without right. the, the proper delivery of, of the actor that should be, should be, you know, delivering the line. But, but no, like you're right by, by and large, I actually think it's surprisingly competent and it, and it does stay true to the show's kind of a uh, atmosphere. So, so mm-hmm. kudos to them for that.
0: You know, it didn't stay with the atmosphere is the, the, the gameplay. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. That was a so... shitty segue, but we have to talk about it. Right? <laughs> well, we to, uh, it. to
1: be fair, I think that's probably we, we've we passed most of the positive things I think we're going to say about this game. So let's just fucking get mm-hmm. into it.
0: There's still some there's still probably one more positive thing I can say, but we're, we're there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, the gameplay. So if you like fighting games, right, Uh, at least familiar with fighting games. That's what this game does. Okay. So you have the one of the buttons that punches, one of the buttons buttons that kicks. I think punch is B and kick is A. It doesn't matter. And jump is up. And when jump is up, you know you're in for a bad time. And that's just how it is. And <laughs> it's true. It, it it works like a fighting game. So every single screen you go to, it's only a 1v1 fighting situation. It, and you you play it out like you're you're fighting them, kind of, like horribly. And you, you punch your like vampire baddie and you drain their health and then they fall to the ground and then you have to stab them with a the stake in order right. to finally defeat them. They don't die when they lose their health, but the advantage to that is sometimes you can just knock them down with full health and then stab them really quickly and they're done. And the thing is, is that it still works for bosses, but the problem with the <laughs> controls. Yeah, it, and it's, yeah. it's it's a bad thing with bosses because bosses feel hilariously easy (laughs) and it's 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 funny in a lot of these circumstances but the problem is that i kept running into and i don't know about you shane but the controls are so horrifically bad like turning around to face your enemy because your enemy loves to swarm you it loves to get on top of you and uh your hitbox is apparently much more sensitive than theirs and they just if, if they're on top of you you're pretty much fucked for the most part and yeah it's it's the yeah. same
1: problem that a lot of like side scrolling beat em ups seem to to have also that I've noticed over the uh-huh. years where if you get in, if you get yourself into a spot where your character sprite is overlapping an enemy's character sprite chances are pretty good that you're going to have a real bad time trying to hit them whereas they'll just be able to roundhouse you in the face repeatedly uh-huh. and there's not a lot that you can do about it. So yeah, I, I did run into that a few times. I mean, and, and so like, here's the thing, right? Is I actually, apart from the fact that it does end up getting real repetitive, even though the game lasts like an hour, I I do have to give the developers credit where credit is due that the mechanic itself is at least somewhat novel and, and it was something – and if you go back and watch where I, I streamed this on our Sunday stream quite a while back, you'll see that that was my reaction to it even then when I first figured out what it is that I had to do. I was pleasantly surprised because I was just expecting a real standard sort of side-scrolling, I got to punch these guys till they fall over kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And that's like half the story with this game. So you have, as, as Chris mentioned, they have a, a strength meter, so you have this green bar that you both have that Buffy has and your enemies have. Buffy has the benefit of also having a separate red health bar, and we can get into that in a moment, but all of the enemies just have a green strength bar, and every time you punch or kick them and hit them successfully, that goes down a little bit. And then the the basic like gameplay loop is, you do that a few times to get that bar down, And then you do a low sort of spin kick to trip them, a la like Mortal Kombat. And um, then they fall over. And while they're down, you'll notice that that strength meter slowly ticks back up. And that's your timer to be able to crouch down and then finish them off with a stake. And if you don't successfully do that, they will stand back up and start fighting you again. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's pretty cool. I think mechanically it's a good representation of, of fighting a vampire, right? I mean, as much as you can in this, all the vampires that we have fought. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is real world shit. So, um, so no, I, I I will say that I was pleasantly surprised by that. It does get old after doing it because that's the only thing you do through the whole
0: game. And as against Chris, everything.
1: Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> right. As Chris mentioned, this also works against bosses. And I feel like this was a missed opportunity because there could have been some more interesting mechanics involved with the bosses specifically. But no. No, you just stroll up to a boss and you punch him a few times, trip him and stab him and the boss fights over. And sometimes if you get lucky with your hits and your placement, a boss fights over in about two, three seconds, maybe. And there's at least one of them where Buffy on screen after she defeats it says something to the effect of like, man, that sure was a rough fight. And I'm like, really? Was it though?
0: I think that was stage two or three. There's only six, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, yeah it's, it's,
1: oh, I'm I actually, I think there are eight stages in this game. I, so are
0: there? I don't know. It was, I think, yeah. so, I think so. They they all sucked. Yeah. Not all of them. Just most of them. Okay. Well, case,
1: you want to talk about a level that sucks. Can we talk about the sewers, please? Then?
0: Oh, I fucking hate the sewers. I fucking hated the sewers. I just want to, I just want to go more into that exploit really, really quick before I talk sure. about how much I hate the sewer is Essentially, all you got to do because of that mechanic where you knock them, where where they get knocked down and you you can stab, you can stab, a, you can stab a them and they die. And that's the primary mechanic.
1: <laughs> you just went full Mario there for a second. You're like, you can't stab a them.
0: You can't stab them. And <laughs> I'm a stab. A here's you. OK. You can knock them down. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. Here's here's part of the secret. If you crouch and you hit kick, you knock them down automatically if you if you connect. And they yes. and when you're crouching, they they pretty much cannot hurt you. That's another secret of this game. Uh, You can't turn around. You can just stay crouched and face the directions while they're swarming you from behind. Like if you stand up, you're fucked. But if you hit them with the with the kick and you can press forward and Buffy does a roll and most of the time that can result in you going right up and stabbing them. They can have full health. You knock them down and you stab them. They don't need to be drained.
1: Well, right. Yeah. If you can get the timing on it down. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's just it's a little bit more difficult to pull off, but it is definitely possible.
0: Yeah. The problem is in the later stages, they regenerate their health very, very quickly, mm-hmm. whereas the early stages, you can knock them down, to kind of stroll up to them and stab at them and they're done. <laughs> uh, but in the later stages, it, it, the, the strategy is the preferable strategy is kind of getting over them over to the side, knocking them down and stabbing them immediately as they fall down. And that works very effectively for the most part. The problem is, is that the, the the placement of Buffy needs to be exact. So there was there was cases where I would knock them down. I felt like I was in the proper position to stab them to death and they would not. She would not stab up and it was very infuriating. And I was like stab them. And I ended up having more difficulty because I was probably one or two pixels off from performing the correct animation in order to kill the vampire. And then they just swarm me and just knock me down repeatedly, and say "game over," which um, is bullshit. Because when it's game over, they mean game over, um, unless you have the password, and then you have to start the level entirely over. But going back to that level, let's talk about those fucking sewers. Well,
1: <laughs> well, okay. I'm going to prolong this for a little bit longer too, just to say that oh, <laughs> if if I'm going to play devil's advocate. Uh, on the behalf of the developers, I might go so far as to say that the the reduced hitbox for for the stab finisher move, I feel like may have been intentional because they're trying to represent the fact that to kill a vampire, you have to stake them in the heart. So if you're not stabbing in the chest area of the sprite, then it's not going to work.
0: But was all it was just me. Or like, it, it got more and more. It got less and less precise. It got. Oh, I'm sorry. Got more and more precise as the game went on longer that is like
1: that's probably
0: true and it felt that way because in the beginning stages i actually thought the first stage was was a really good introductory stage even though the plot didn't make sense and it did go on for too long it was far too repetitive but it Mm -hmm. is a good is a good stage to introduce you to mechanics and vice it in but as it ramps up as you get into the later levels it's like i'm just like this is just getting stupid yeah. And like, I, I thought the first two stages were actually like not a great game, but at least a competent game. Mm-hmm. And it, it it got it really got away from it as the game went on longer.
1: Right. And so now we'll finally get around to <laughs> what we've been putting off is we're probably things...
0: sorry. The joy of editing for you, Shane, it will be great. <laughs>
1: Eh, nah, nah, man, all this shit's staying in. What are you talking about? Uh, No, uh, so the game starts to really go downhill right about the third level, so pretty early on. Um, And that is the sewers, because that's around the time where they start introducing actual platforming into the game. And my God, does it suck. It's terrible. It's fucking terrible. Chris mentioned that the jump in this is on the up of your D-pad, which is indicative of issues in just about any game that I can think of that does that. And it is no different here in that not only is, is that how you perform a jump in order to perform a diagonal jump, which you will need to be able to do, you kind of have to hit up and the direction that you want to go at the same time. But not only that, and I will admit i got stuck in this level for a good five, 10 minutes trying to figure this out because i did not realize and granted i did not have the benefit of a instruction manual um that there is a a, a third mechanic which is a sort of like super mario-esque uh like charged jump i guess uh-huh. where in order to jump extra super high You have to have Buffy crouch first and then tap up and she will jump like twice as high. And you need to be able to pull that off consecutively in order to traverse the rest of this sewer level. And with her controlling like Seep 3 po in quicksand, this was not enjoyable in any way.
0: (laughs) Well, it's like, uh, remember, this game was made in 2000 to and, and what's 2000. your two thousand. well that that the mechanic to do the crouch jump isn't yeah. necessarily a new mechanic i think no. like remember when we were doing the sunday stream for black belt uh right. you had to do the same thing so it's not it's not a unique mechanic
1: well the it's thing not is, new but the thing is i wouldn't expect it in this type of game
0: i wouldn't expect it in 2000 That's what I'm trying to get to. Okay,
1: fair. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, that too.
0: So, like, you're talking about this is a mechanic from games in the '80s that Hmm. were just trying to get used to a D-pad. By the year 2000, you had dual analog sticks, and they were still doing the crouch jump as a mechanic in order to quote platform (laughs) unquote, which I understand they they think they felt like they had to do. Because you can't just have the entire game be like the first level where you just run up to a vampire, fight, stab, and then move on to the next screen and do the same thing. Like, I think they're trying to spice it up because I knew I think they knew their gameplay was shallow and sort of like, fuck it, here it is. Jump. And they did it. Y'all
1: like that Mario, right? (laughs) I don't know. Fucking jump up here.
0: Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like the the, the Sub-Zero game uh, that they had. Remember Sub-Zero? that, that story mode for the 64 and PlayStation that everyone loved.
1: Yeah. yeah, I I
0: remember. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, no, that was bad.
1: But, but at any rate that that's where it gets introduced and then it shows up a number of other times across the, the remaining levels of, of the game. Um, particularly I believe the mansion level. Um, of course at that point you're kind of used to it. So it's not Mm -hmm. as frustrating, I don't think, but encountering that, uh, initially in those sewers, man, I was just like, I was like, really this, this is what we're doing with
0: this. And okay. I will oh say God. this, no bottomless fits.
1: I, you know what? You're right. I guess there is that. Um, and, and actually that I, it's interesting because I think the, the first time I realized that the sewers was going to be like a vertical level, unlike the first two. Um, mm-hmm. is I think the first time you, you do that is you actually, you have to drop down a hole at the beginning yeah. of the level. And at first I was just like, oh, I have to jump over this because holes are bad. If video games taught me anything, it's that holes are bad, but nope, nope. This is, listen, this is, this is Buffy, the vampire slayer, subverting your expectations.
0: If video game taught you that holes were bad, that explains an entire generation of weep But in any case,
2: <laughs> yeah, you're, right. you're right. Like I,
0: mm. I, I, I can I can appreciate I can appreciate the fact that they didn't completely cheese this and didn't try to make it that kind of game on top of already being the game it was. Right. So I, I'll i give credit where credit is due that they didn't add any more art of, you know, artificialness to the difficulty or artificiality, whatever the correct word is. I don't know, but it's there. Uh, they didn't do that. So like no, no stupid, no stupid bottomless pits. They do have items like if you if you manage to jump over you know play if you manage to jump over the 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 like going down or going up and you you navigate your way to find items you can find items like coke cans which uh cause additional damage to enemies and, and give some significant knockback mm-hmm. or uh, the health recovery items for either your red or green meter then. Right those are available to you and they're usually placed pretty well if you're having difficulties. So I'll give them that too. Even though the gameplay is jank and shit, uh, they, they (laughs) knew, they knew where players would probably be struggling and they gave them those options.
1: Yeah. And with the availability of those pickups, um, the, the game just
0: overall, it's really not that difficult. It's until the final level, then it, then it, then it likes to fuck you in the ass uh, (laughs) without the courtesy of giving you a reach around
1: true i mean at that point the enemies start moving so much faster than buffy could ever hope to move in this game and their strength bar regens so quickly that it it does become a little bit of a pain but for the most part the game is really not that challenging overall like you, you won't have that Difficult of a time knocking it out in about an
0: hour, hour and a half tops. But no, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah.
1: So, all right. Speaking of Buffy, let's talk a little bit about how she ends up looking in this game, because we we need to talk about <laughs> some of the choices that were made here, I think.
0: OK, and this is where I'm going to uh, this is where I'm going to get back to being positive. Okay. I think the in-game graphics, the actual considering this is a Game Boy Color game, it's an 8-bit system. Mm-hmm. It looks really good. I think mm. it looks really good, and, and the notes you say it looks like another world uh, uh, flashback. Um, yes, it looks. It has that. It has. I, I was thinking more of prince uh, Prince of Persia, and how like the movement yeah. goes, the animation yeah. goes. I think it's actually to its detriment of being overly animated. Actually, how it interferes with the gameplay, but mm. it actually looks like a really like the animations for the characters look really good. The the, the levels themselves don't look awful. They look ter- you know typical NES level of of detail maybe a little bit more advanced nes level of detail but i'll hey i think they i think it looks i think it looks decent not not great but decent
1: no i and i don't i actually don't disagree with you i i think that the the, the sprite animations are actually pretty good um and, and yeah i it, that was the first thing i thought of was um out of this world or as you mentioned it's called another world for everybody outside of north america but um, Buffy's animation, just that's the first thing I thought of because it is like, oh, uh, to your point, almost overly animated for a sprite, um, which gives you this sort of like almost this weird kind of uh, not uncanny valley, but it's this weird feeling of like this weird in-between spot of it not quite being like a, a Mario cartoon sprite, but not quite being like a... <laughs> A, a polygonal like animated model or anything but no I, I think they did an all right job with that that's really not my issue um and, and also hey real quick uh shout out to whoever the animator was that decided to actually include a, a little pixel boob jiggle um for buffy's walking animation cycle so <laughs> they didn't need good job that. on that <laughs> by the way
0: <laughs> i mean yeah that was um, impressive i noticed that too when i was playing it was like is there are did, did, did they put, there's jiggle physics they put in this in game. Jiggle? Did Holy they shit. get her alive this? Holy they, shit. Why? Sure I don't did. even know why. That's not why Sarah Michelle Geller was like fawned over because she didn't have the largest rack. But no, I, mean, I mean, they were, they were respect. They did it. You know, they, but, they, it was tasteful. It was tasteful yeah. jiggle. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but no, that, that's not my issue. Like, actually I thought that was fairly well done for, for what it is like being a Game Boy color game. I, I, I will say that I was not really impressed with the environmental work though. Um, I, I think it was pretty uninteresting and mostly boring. Like I wasn't a huge fan of the color palette choices. And granted, I know that they were trying to recreate areas from the show and try to be faithful in that regard, I think, but trying to represent a quote, end quote, real environment with a, a, you know, a a pixel art palette like this ends up just being kind of really muddy and washed out in a lot of dark colors, which is not always the best. Um, but you know, whatever it is, what it is, um, and, and also I will point out as a as a positive note that the developers actually had enough attention to detail to uh, have Buffy change her outfits in between stages. So I didn't even notice that. There you go. Yeah, um, you whatever Buffy was wearing in the in the cutscenes, her sprite is then wearing in the the following stage. So
0: there you have it. Yeah, I, I will agree with you on the cutscenes, and they, they do look really bad. And I think it got to a point and where I was like... effort was made. <laughs> a for effort. Hooray. <laughs> um, but it, it gets to the point where I'm like, I was playing it, and I'm like, oh, this is why the Japanese put anime characters in their video games. It makes a lot <laughs> more sense now. Because yeah. this looks awful. But I think there was times, like, their their eyes would be completely shaded in. You couldn't see anything. So the character uh, character designs end up being not looking good at all. Now, we also have the privilege now of playing this on emulation because I'm sure as fuck not buying this game. So (laughs) if you put this in a Game Boy Color, I'm sure that it would look a little bit different. And so we have the benefit of having it backlit or at least lit up, not even backlit, just it's on our computer screens or whatever device we're using to play it. And when this was released on top of it, you didn't have the uh, Game Boy Advance player for the GameCube. There is no way to play Game Boy Colors games on a backlit system at the time. So I could kind of understand it from that angle. Like if you were going to see it, it was going to be in the sun. So they may have designed it around that. That being said, it still looks like ass. So <laughs> I they, mean, I guess probably
1: uh, well, to your point, I guess the other thing, too, right, is that viewing it on the Fairly small Game Boy Color screen is very different than viewing it on, like a high resolution monitor or something at you know four right. times size or whatever. Like l- it looks way worse when it's blown up. Look, just trust us on that.
0: And I do like the fact that they use comic bubbles instead of your standard dialogue at the yeah. bottom, like you would see. I-, I appreciated that. And so I'm not going to knock them too much for the cutscenes, but I think again, I think when it really comes down to and. I'll I'll get more to this at the end of at the end of the episode and on whether this holds up. It's just too ambitious. You Mm -hmm. were too. They were they were overly ambitious with it. And I think they they could have not had the the in-game pixelated scenes and just made a story through through the in-game animations. And they would have been a lot better off in terms of game design and and gameplay. However, that's not why this game was made. It wasn't made for great game design and gameplay. It was made for, you know, money. So they're going to do whatever they <laughs> the want Mr. to do. The strategy, yes. Exactly. Hey, look, it's uh, Buffy rendered in 8-bit. Be happy. And people, I don't know if they were or not. I didn't know anyone who played this game. So maybe they did appreciate these pixelated shit graphics back in 2000. And I also, like, it's been 20 years, so it's easy to call this shit. I have no idea what I would have thought of this 20 years ago. Not a clue but um yeah I think it doesn't look time, now.
1: like you probably if i had to guess i think we we probably would have had a different viewpoint on it especially if you were a buffy fan because given the technology at the time you would have looked at it and been like holy shit like look at that that sure is yeah. buffy and and all all the rest of them but like and actually it's it's funny because after I finished playing this, I went and watched a long play on YouTube of someone else doing it too. And I was reading through uh-huh. the comments and there is at least one person out there who just unequivocally said that this was their childhood. They're just like, this is, this whole, this game was my whole childhood, man, this brings back so oh many memories. And I was like, I am so sorry. That's awful. That. <laughs> so okay so there there we can we can say that there there are some pros and cons to the the graphics you know the graphics of the game some of the choices that were made but before you move on forgive them on that
0: yeah i i do gotta i do i do gotta agree with ign on this in a sense in a sense right because I, i understand you know reviews were a lot different 20 years ago sure but um Yes, the main appeal for males, and like from a male perspective, I, I I can't speak for females. Obviously, I don't I I have, well, I am a male. The appeal for Buffy the Vampire Slayer mainly was because I thought Sarah Michelle Gellar was hot. I thought I she mean, was extremely attractive.
1: I'm more of an and, and Allison Hannigan fan myself, but yeah, go on.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, the cast was a very attractive cast. Yes. Uh, they're not well represented in these in these pixelated scenes like Buffy <laughs> looks nothing not. like Sarah Michelle, Michelle Geller like she looks nothing thing. like that
1: of all of them she's the one that looks the closest though and even her she she doesn't look that great so if that gives no. you any idea of what the rest of the cast looked like
0: and it, you, you could say like uh, uh, like a comparison and everything like that if if the main reason you're tuning into the show mm-hmm. is to to stare at Sarah Michelle Geller and be a creep then if you come to this game you're going to be very disappointed because like pixelated Sarah Michelle Geller does not look as good as characters in Peekaboo Poker. Um, you're going to have a rough time accepting <laughs> just, this. Just
1: hit just hit the pause button when you boot the game up and just take a take a gander at the pause screen, and that'll that'll yeah. suffice if that's what you're really coming to this for.
0: Yeah. Play Semrin Kagura, where you get bouncing boobies, and I think you'll be much better. Those games exist. You can get some anime titties, and you can be okay. And don't don't play this. Don't play this for your sexual gratification uh first of all like look we all have our things i'm not kink shaming but you know things were there were better options in 2000 as well and you know it's time's past so it's okay
1: (laughs) so so while there could be some excuses that can be made for for the graphics um there is no fucking excuse for what is going on with the music and sound in this game at all um yeah. Mostly abhorrent. It's almost universally terrible. Like I, I think maybe the first levels track is not like abjectly awful, but the rest of it just sounds like someone is like punching a Casio keyboard like it. My God. And, and for uh, the record, by the way, two people are credited with with being composers on this game. What is not wrong officially. with y'all? Not, well, officially. not officially, and that's probably a smart move,
0: but <laughs> god damn. OK, I'll say this about the music and sound. All right. I thought stage two was OK. OK. Uh, stage two's music was OK. And the voices, at least through emulation, didn't sound terrible. Whenever you killed a vampire, I thought that was actually uh, was well digitized. Sure. Uh, and the, I, don't, I don't remember the first stage being incredibly offensive either. So there's that. Um, other than that, yeah, complete and total shit. It, it sounds like a bunch of monkeys on a keyboard and they're like, yeah, just just play with it or there would be potential like the, the, the first time I noticed the music was shit and total and utter shit was in the mansion stage. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, this is bad. Like, this is really, really, really fucking bad because there would be some sort of melody or harmony or whatever the fuck. And it would get there and it sound, OK. This is OK. Like it's not great. It's okay. I can tolerate it. And they're just through some weird shit. Like what the <laughs> actually fuck is this? that you're right. That that one in particular, I
1: had that same exact thought where I was because I, I listen, the first level was eh, whatever. It was all right. I did not like any of the other ones in between at all. They were awful. And then I got to the mansion level and it starts off like promising. You're like, oh, oh, okay. All right. Like there's there's a rhythm here. There's a beat. Like perhaps this is not going to assault me. And then it just veers right the fuck off the rails into like acid trip crazy land again. And, yeah. and it's just, Oh God, it's so, it's just so it's like, I, it's what I imagine like a bad trip sounds like. It's just, it's so fucking off the wall. <laughs> Like there's no rhyme or reason to what they're doing in the music and, and the music, the soundtrack for the Hellmouth level is in my opinion, just the worst. It's, it's like just cacophony. It's fucking chaos. And, and for the record, just because we cannot like accurately describe this to you, dear listener. So uh, we're going to pause for a second right here. And I'm going to put in a section of that track just so you can suffer along with the rest of us. (laughs)
2: Beep <laughs>
0: Here's the, here's the other thing that's bad about the soundtrack too, because everything's bad about it for the most part, except for maybe, maybe one track or two. And like when I say like it's not bad, it's bleh, is that you got your cutscenes. So like okay. Cutscenes themselves, like we said, the dialogue was okay. What makes the dialogue what no, I'm sorry, what makes the cutscenes awful is that mm. it's the same track in every cutscene yep. that you watch. And it's repetitive as fuck. And it's the same song. I think it's the same track that plays in the pause screen when you get to see like uh, um, Buffy and her nights. They and, and they really made an effort to uh, digitize her boobies. Like there's a definite well, there's a definite effort to digitize her booties, <laughs> boobies in the pause screen.
1: There, were a, there was um, attention and care given to her tank top. Yes. A,
0: a lot. Very much so. But it's the same song that plays during that moment. And it, they just play it the entire time during the cutscenes. There's no change when there's a revelation or a plot development. <laughs> like we just played Ninja Gaiden on our Sunday stream. Like okay, going back to, I'm not even gonna say Sunday stream anymore. Just going back to our Ninja Gaiden episode. What made Ninja Gaiden uh, special is in each cutscene, with each development, each major plot reveal as they developed it. And this is in 19 fucking what 89, 1989. Yes. Eighty nine. This is eleven years before Buffy the Vampire Slayer came out on the fucking Game Boy Color. Did they have the (laughs) wherewithal to change the music with plot developments during cutscenes? This was not new, even for an eight bit system. It had been there. And you're talking about in an era with. You're talking about in an era. This is the Dreamcast era. The Dreamcast had been out for a year. You're talking CD quality games. And they couldn't figure out how to change the music in any cutscene.
1: Well, there just there wasn't enough space on that Game Boy Color cartridge. They had to fit all that really great pixel art in there, man. I mean, sacrifices had to be made.
0: Bullshit. <laughs> Super Mario. Super Mario Brothers Deluxe has Mario 1, Mario 2, mini games and I think a fucking horoscope. I, I don't think it has that. It might. Um everything did back then. But yeah. holy shit. Don't mm, no effort, no shit's given. I maybe all of the memory went into animating the the, the titty jiggle that you get when you're walking through the levels. God damn it. <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's a pretty fucking, good
1: trade-off, honestly.
0: Fucking terrible. That was my biggest gripe about the soundtrack. You couldn't you couldn't give enough of shit about your game. And that's the sad part. The dialogue was good. You couldn't give enough of shit about your game and the developments to at least change it up. Fuck you. No, you don't even care. No, get fucked. So then I guess that's probably... Have I made my uh, point?
1: I, I mean, maybe. I think so. I don't know. Uh, but I guess that's probably a, a good point to talk a little bit about the group of people that are responsible for inflicting this upon the world, which would be, uh, game brains, the, the development house. Mm -hmm. Um, they, uh, apparently had about nine games in their in their catalog overall. Yep. Evidently the, the best received one, at least critically among all of those was backyard baseball for the game boy advance and Mahjong quest colon expeditions. For the DS, if that gives you any idea of what type of material they tend to work with and the caliber at which they work, Uh, and and I guess so. What Chris notes that um, that I guess they only had two games that weren't for just a portable system. So their their big boy uh, outings, which Uh (laughs) coincidentally happened to be uh, both backyard sports titles for the PS2. Yes. So that's the kind of people that we're working with here. Maybe not the creme okay. de la creme, for what it's worth, but...
0: Okay, so there's a couple things regarding the Backyard Sports games, which were I fairly well received. Yeah,
1: and I-, I heard good things about them, I guess. I don't know.
0: But the thing is is they were ports. And I remember this because I remember playing the Backyard Sports games back then. Don't ask me why. Please don't. And, <laughs> like, they weren't terrible, but they were pc games so they just i think they just ported them over they weren't the original developers of the backyard baseball and backyard sports games that you had the on the uh, the ps2 never heard of mahjong quest but as you can see like there was they they came out with with with, like the nine games they had anything that was original was absolute trash uh you can find the developers if you look hard enough the programmers i'm sorry the programmers the 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 music writers and everything like that i'm not going to put their names out there because we've been trashing this game so bad So and and apparently they believe the same thing, because once you beat the game, their names aren't in it. It's not even Nintendo levels of of hiding the names like where they change their names to to uh, just get some street cred among, you know, fellow programmers. No, nah, it just says congratulations, you beat the game and then kicks you right to the title screen. They didn't even bother putting their names in it. So maybe they knew it was trash, too.
1: <laughs> uh, for the record, it says congratulations. You saved the world, Chris. It's far more important.
0: Yeah. And no, one, develop, one, no, yeah, no coders yeah. names, no coders names. They knew. <laughs> yeah. No, they knew. no,
1: no credits. Nobody wanted to no. take responsibility for this at all. Uh, but I mean, hey, what, what do you expect? Right? Like, I mean, even today we still get cynical cash grabs for tie-ins. I mean, anybody happen to see the latest Marvel Avengers game? God, what a fucking bullshit thing that is. But anyway, you don't like um,
0: microtransactions.
1: Oh, no, I love them. They're just the best. Yeah, the best. No, I don't We love them. I, I'm super into soulless corporate game tie ins. So this is nothing new, right? I mean, and so I guess we wouldn't expect much else. But it's weird, too, because this is what makes me wonder if there was some input from somebody on the Buffy side, whether it was Joss Whedon himself or, or someone else, because like I would understand if it was just like universally bad across the board, but like there was some thought in some of the things, like like we said, like the combat mechanic, like there was thought put into that and there was, there was actual thought and care put into the script, which is weird for something right. that should just be like a throwaway like shovelware title that would get shunted off to a developer like this. So it's, I don't know, it's just... It confuses me. This game fucking confuses me. It's what I'm saying.
0: So, I guess we're getting into does this game hold up today?
1: Yeah, sure. Fuck it. Why not?
0: Fuck the segue. Let's just get into it. Shane, Do it. Does yeah. this game hold up today?
1: I mean, like it didn't hold up then. Like I So, so no. I mean, listen. Okay. You know what? If you want to experience Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the Game Boy Color, I mean, a don't drop actual money on it for the love of God. Like just go find an emulator or watch a long play on YouTube or, or, or you know what? Come and hang out on our Sunday stream and watch one of us suffer through it instead. How about that? But oh God, if you're do gonna do, if you're going to do that, that at least just play like the first level, that's it. Don't, don't spend another 45 minutes of your life trying to finish it. Just experience the only good things about it, which was, the, the the first track from the game, which is at least passable, uh, and, and the somewhat novel gameplay mechanic. Spend like five or 10 minutes and be like, yep, that sure is what Chris and Shane w- was talking about. And then never come back to it because there are like so many other things that you could do with the limited amount of time that you have on this planet. Just don't, don't waste it on this.
0: Okay, this is a licensed game. I think sure that's is. the first thing that we need to address. This is the very first Buffy the Vampire Slayer game that ever came out. Yes. And that's, it, it, it wasn't, it was in Italian. It was, and we point went out of the brief history. There was no game around this. There are other Buffy the Vampire Slayer games. I have no idea how fucking good they are. I have never played them. I hopefully never have to. Lyle, don't you dare, because <laughs> I don't have the means to emulate this shit. So I will just have to watch videos and I don't want my eyes to bleed. Um, that being said, the concept is 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 isn't exactly novel uh, because they had tried it in previous games in like the early to mid 90s. I think Batman Forever, where they tried incorporating the fighting game mechanic into a uh, side uh, side scrolling beat em up. And you know what? I think to that end, I think they had the 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 concept and mechanics in its 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 utter basis down. They They probably could have made more out of it. They didn't. So the concept is there, poorly executed. I think the, the the thing that you could say most about this game and Shane said there are things about this game that you could tell they gave a shit about in terms of like the dialogue and I think fans of the show contributed into making this game but at the end of the day when it comes to how you know you look at how much the animate how much animation went into this for for such a throwaway shovelware title when you look at the mechanics that were incorporated into it when you look at to the plot that was developed for it the biggest word for this game was overambitious Mm -hmm. But again, it didn't really matter because this was a licensed game and the entire purpose behind a licensed game is to throw out a property that everyone is familiar with for a quick cash grab. And in that sense, it was never meant to hold up. It wasn't meant to be appreciated at the time. It wasn't even meant to necessarily be good. And maybe they went down a path where everything was feeling good and everything was doing right. And at the end, they were just like, wow, this is a fucking trash pile, but we've already made it. So fuck it. Let's put it on the shelves and see how many fucking idiot moms and grandmas and dads and granddads fucking buy this shit for fucking Timmy and Sarah. Because that's what fucking happened, probably. And that's this is the product that we get. So does it hold up? Absolutely fucking not. If you want to torture yourself because, you know, it's not that bad of torture, I wouldn't give it a two out of 10. I'd probably get it a 3.5. I think a lot goes to the fact that you have to play it on a tiny Game Boy Color system that's not backlit and you have to find the sun in order to do it. And so you're already torturing yourself that way without even having a high quality game. But once you get past that, it is a 3.5 probably instead of two. So that being said, no, it does not hold up. Play it at your own peril it's not broken, though. It's not it's not a broken game. You can beat it. It just sucks.
1: <laughs> and and as we mentioned, mercifully, it only lasts about an hour. Can you imagine like buying this game for full retail price and getting an hour's worth of like mediocre gameplay out of it? Oh, my God. I bet most people who
0: played this game never bought it. Their parents did.
1: Well, right. Yeah, I'm just. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) And their parents sure as shit didn't fucking play it, so they don't give a shit. But I can't I can't imagine like even as a collector, like if you're a Game Boy Color collector, you're trying to get that complete set and you're like, like, I just got a game for the Wii U because I'm trying to get that complete set. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with myself? That's how you feel with this game, because then you realize you're in too deep and it's (laughs) real. It's too, it's and too far gone. Fuck me. This is happening. I own this game. I'm a terrible person and I'm going to have to live with the shame for the rest of my life. That's buying this game as someone who actually wants to own it. That's that's where you are. So congratulations <laughs> to you. I hope you enjoy. I hope you're happy with yourself. I know the shame. This isn't me shaming you because I'm right there with you. But it's it's there. I'm sorry, and we're all sorry. And this is this is reality. And don't don't collect video games because, or try to get complete sets because you will be in the same feeling that 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 people like those are. I'm just waiting for Barbie to show up in my mailbox because that's collecting games, and then I get to go and get Cabela's Hunter games for the Wii U too. I can't wait. All right.
1: Well, I think that's all we're gonna be able to say about Buffy the Vampire's Lair for Game Boy Color. So um we'll, we'll do our quick plugs here at the end as we usually do uh if you're listening to this then you've already found us so hi hello welcome hi if you'd like to check us out on a couple other places we are on most of the social media platforms so just look for retro hangover and you'll find us we're most active on instagram typically or twitter And if you like what we're doing enough to be crazy enough to actually become a patron, we would absolutely love that because as we mentioned a few times in the show, we really need somebody else to save us from the tyranny that is Lyle. Uh, So so please consider going over to bit.ly slash rhpatron and uh, donating at the tier of your choosing. And, um, we also do have the merch store open. So if you want to grab some cool retro hangover swag, you can go over to bit.ly slash RHP merch and find yourself a shirt or a mug or a sticker or something cool like that. And, um, Chris, you want to talk a little bit about the, uh, about the, the Sunday stream?
0: Yeah, every Sunday we try to, unless one of our computer crashes, which is typically mine. Every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern time, that's 2100 gun time, <laughs> as we have coined. Actually, that that I don't think that's been recorded before. We'll get into it, it that if you ask yeah. us. Yeah, so gun time is what, what we call military time on the show. So 2100 gun time on uh eastern time you can find us at twitch.tv slash retro hangover where we will stream a game that we try to make you know congruent to what we are talking about on our podcast this probably won't happen for buffy the vampire slayer because we've done it before and we probably will play it briefly and cry and you'll see us with upside down crucifixes burned on our heads as our eyes bleed and we speak in tongues but i digress in the meantime please check us out on twitch we will have a great time and please have more conversations or else you'll hear me say really weird shit that even i don't understand
1: all right well uh with all of that being said
0: until next time play with your please kill me joysticks shane here with
1: a quick message You know, the one rule Chris and I have always gone by regarding advertisements is this. It has to be something we use and can personally vouch for. If you know me, you know I love coffee, and Bones Coffee Company has been my go-to for home brewing for quite some time now. Their small batch beans come in an impressive variety of flavors like Mint Invaders from Chocolate Space or Electric Unicorn, which I swear tastes exactly like Fruity Pebbles. And the best part, no added sugar or calories involved, just natural flavors infused right into the beans themselves. Build your own sample pack of five four ounce bags to find out which flavors speak to you, or jump in head first with full 12 ounce bags. They've even got K-Cups. Step up your homebrew game with Bones Coffee by visiting bit.ly slash RHP Bones. That's bitly dot L-Y slash R-H-P-B-O-N-E-S.